0: You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Hello, everyone, and welcome into your latest episode of Locked On Colts. I am your host, Evan Sidery. And I am here today, joined by a special guest of the episode, a frequent guest of Locked On Colts. And he is Steven Reed of Stampede Blue. And we're here today for a live mock draft. We did the uh, these couple times last year, Steven. It is now officially draft season, exactly one month away from the NFL draft. Kind of a slow process, though, so far, Steven. I mean, the Colts definitely made their splash moves early. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe, they traded for Matt Ryan. Really, nothing else so far. What what what's your thoughts on the Colts' process heading towards the draft? Only being a month away, it feels like this this process in free agency has kind of dragged on, or maybe gotten delayed because the quarterback took so long to get settled for the Colts.
0: Yeah, hey man, uh, I'm doing good tonight. I'm excited to 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 talk with you and to start draft season and everything. Um, with respect to free agency so far, I mean. <laughs> You know, we were all frustrated that they didn't make big splashes at the beginning, but this is exactly how Chris Ballard has worked for the past four years, five years. So it's not surprising that this is how it's gone. And realistically, from the the team's perspective, the Colts have addressed two major, major needs this offseason. Like, we all kind of knew Carson Wentz was a question mark, and then they decided to move on from him. They traded him for Matt Ryan, which is I don't, I don't think it's too arguable that that's an upgrade, even though he is set, Matt Ryan is seven years older or, or however many years older, almost 10 years older than, than Carson Wentz. He's a smarter player and a better fit. And the Colts also added on what's probably going to be a, a future second round pick in, in that that upgrade. They also traded Rocky Seen, who was likely not going to be resigned. Uh, for a unique and way, which is an edge rusher that is a proven edge rusher, and it, it's I'm really excited for what they've done so far. Yeah, they've got some holes. Left tackle position is question mark. The wide receiver one bit of a question mark, but the two two of the three biggest question marks that they had they filled with upgrades. So I'm not exactly I'm like I'm not poo pooing what they've done, and I. I've heard through the grapevine that they've got offers out with with different players for for different other positions of need um, that I'm not really at liberty to, to say. But I just, I feel like Colts fans just need to understand that it's a process. And especially in free agency, that it's not a process where the Colts have a lot of control over it. Because in the draft, players don't have a choice. Like, you pick that player, he's your player. That's just how the draft works and free agency players have a say. And so not only do you have to want the player, but the player has to want you too. And up until the Colts traded for Matt Ryan, you know, there was some uncertainty at quarterback and not a lot of free agents. I've heard there were other free agents that decided not to go to the Colts because of that situation. Um, Now, I'm not sure necessarily which ones that was, but I've heard it happened. Um, But now that that position is settled, I think that the market's going to settle on. And there's still some really good players there in the second wave, Um, you know, specifically at the left tackle position. I know you're going to hear a lot of coach speak from Chris Ballard, from Frank Reich about, oh, we're really happy to have the guys in the room. If these are the guys that we end up going into next season with, we feel really comfortable. Yeah, they they, they have to say that. Like that's, that's one of those things where they, they have to talk like that. They can't be like, yeah, well, you know, we're real super disappointed in what we've got right now. So we're really looking to upgrade, um, you know, coaches, GM, general managers, they're not going to say that because if they do one, it gives leverage to these agents is like, Hey, look, you've really got a big need. So you need my guy, pay me more money, pay me what I'm asking for. Um, or it, you know, and in, in the the other part of it is it drops down uh, morale in that that position group. So you're going to hear a lot of guys talk about how they feel comfortable with Matt Pryor being having a, a first shot at the left tackle position, but realistically, they're probably looking to upgrade and like a Dwayne Brown or an Eric Fisher there and bring back Eric Fisher, or they're going to look at that in the draft because it's a really deep draft in the left tackle position. Um, or you know, the wide receiver room is another one where everybody's talked about it. You know, there's, you know, there's some guys that are out there. There might be some potential guys available via trade. Um, but this is also a super, super deep wide receiver class. So I look at this and I say, I'm not super disappointed with how the free agency has gone. I'm really excited. They have addressed and upgraded the quarterback position and the defensive end position, which were two of the three biggest needs on this roster. And they also added a future second round pick or what's likely to be a future second round pick in next year's draft, where if they do need to go up and get a quarterback, they now have that extra second round pick that would be very, very valuable to them.
1: Last question here, Stephen, before we dive into our live mock draft. We're going to be using the Draft Network's uh, predictor for the first one. Then we're going to dip our toes further in after this. We're just going to be just doing straight picks, no trades, just as we introduce ourselves and the listeners to draft season officially for the Colts. But after this, we'll probably go to PFF and Pro Football Network as well. There's a lot of great draft simulators out there. But today we're going to be using the Draft Network. But one point before we uh, dive into that, Stephen, just a week out now from the Matt Ryan trade pretty much. What is your um, further assessment? The more you look into it, the more you dive into your thoughts on Matt Ryan. I, from my perspective personally, Stephen, this is the most confident I felt about the quarter position for the Colts since Andrew Luck in 2018. Uh, And it's kind of a nice feeling to have.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I feel like this is the best the Colts have been at the position for, you know, a handful of years. Um, you know, you, you felt good with Philip Rivers, but you kind of knew that he was limited. Matt Ryan's not limited um, in terms of what he can do. Even at 37, he still has been been able to make all the throws. And as a reminder, Frank Reich's offense doesn't require a lot of verticality and in terms of pushing the ball down the field and throwing 50 yards in the air. It, all, most of his stuff is is underneath. It's quick reads. It's, you know, being a smart player. Matt Ryan is a perfect fit for this offense. You know, we were really excited last year for Carson Wentz just because of what he did in Frank Frank Reich's offense before, but it became pretty clear as the season progressed. I mean, if anybody's listening to this podcast, you heard me talk about it where I wasn't sure Carson Wentz was necessarily smart enough to run this offense Um, and and be that type of player. And I'm sure he's a great teammate. Uh, You know, people probably liked him in the locker room, but he was missing wide open guys and not, and just refusing to take check downs after seeing them, which I'm, I'm sure frustrated a lot of people because remember, all these, all the players, they watch film of their games to see how they can get better. It's not just watching film of opponents, you watch film of your own game, see how you can get better. All those offensive players saw what we all saw. They saw him miss all of these open, open receivers, open running backs coming out of the background. Like that, how to have been really frustrating for them. So to to go from Carson Wentz, who is incredibly volatile in terms of the highest highs and the lowest lows to somebody that is just steady, just chill, that you're, you're always going to get the same thing with Matt Ryan. There's not going to be a lot of variability in how he plays. It's a very comforting feeling um, to go into the season, knowing that you just went from Carson Wentz, who again, has a lot of talent. But it's very volatile to somebody that has a lot of talent and is steady. And then also you have an extra at
1: least third round pick next year. So I'm very excited about that. This is the time that I pretty much give up all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best built bar tasting bars ever. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, simony churro. Coconut marshmallow banana cream pie, oh so good! These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars covered 100% real chocolate, yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars these as well. They are absolutely better. A typical candy bar can go anywhere from two to 300 calories. So built is a lot healthier option for you as well, and you wouldn't even know it because it tastes so much better than all the other competition out there. It truly is what incredible what built bar does because they have changed the game. So go ahead and get on the action Colts fans. Try all the new limited time flavors of Built Bars. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15, 15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, I'm very excited for the Matty Ice era to officially begin for the Colts here next season. And what sounds like it's going to be a, for sure, multi-year partnership, Frank Reich and Chris Bauer are down at the owners meetings in Florida this week. So we're going to have more on the owners meetings later this week. But Frank Reich and Chris Bauer both mentioned that it's going to be officially a two-year pack with Matt Ryan. We kind of knew that was coming when they restructured his contract. $35 $35 million cap hit next year. So it'd be nice to see at least some stability for the Frank Wright, Chris Boward there for the first time at quarterback Steve. Let's go ahead and dive into our mock draft here. We're going to be using the draft network simulator, as I mentioned. Then I'm officially simulating now officially down to 42, Stephen. And it looks like here as the mock is breaking down, we're now at 42. And there's actually a couple of names here that I think stand out very clearly to us, Stephen, as far as our best fits in this draft for the Colts at positions of need. Before we dive into our pick, though, what do you think the Colts should be targeting here? Because there's going to be some guys at, at 42 for wide receiver like Christian Watson and maybe George Pickens, or maybe there's a quarterback of the future out there or a defensive player that, that stands out to you, Stephen. The Colts have a lot of options here at 42. It kind of feels like the sweet spot of the draft.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly think that the Colts are going to go either wide receiver or left tackle, depending on who's there. I think this trade for Matt Ryan is pretty much nixed any – likelihood of that they're going to go for a quarterback in this draft, even though there's a possibility that a couple quarterbacks end up falling to them. I think that this is the opportunity that the Colts will take to increase the weapons for Matt Ryan, because you hear, again, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, you hear Frank Reich, you hear Chris Ballard talk about how they like the guys in the wide receiver room. Frank Reich was on Sirius XM NFL radio tonight. Um, mentioned, you know, they're still keeping their, they're still looking, uh, but if they go into the season with the guys that they've got, they're confident in them. I feel like that tells me they're going to be looking at that position pretty hard, either in the second wave of free agency or in the draft. My guess is the draft.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is either a spot where you go for a wide out or a corner. I think QB of the future now is more looking towards 2023 or 2024. Honestly, I feel like if Matt Ryan plays the level I expect him to, this could be more than a two-year partnership for the Colts and Matt Ryan, so that could really change their QB plans moving forward. But now let's look at what's available at 42, Stephen, and it really has broken well for the Colts in this scenario. At wide receiver, they have Christian Watson, North Dakota State, George Pickens of Georgia john mechie of alabama and calvin austin of memphis all available there at 42. also at left tackle we have bernard raymond of of central michigan daniel falele of, of minnesota and nicholas Petit Ferrer of ohio state and abraham lucas of washington state are all available there at left tackle too for our number 42 overall and that cornerback as well looks like Tariq Woolen is off the board already so he'll not be an option here so it feels like it's pretty much down to those left tackle options or wide receiver I feel like I know we're going to go with this one Stephen but I'll let you uh, take the floor here. what would be your prediction at 42 this is how it broke for them.
0: you know I'm taking Christian Watson here like this is this my this is a guy that I've said it would be a perfect fit for the Colts um, in what he can do what he likes to do um, he's got you know Great speed. He, he's super fast. He's slippery in the open field and he's a willing blocker. Like the guy's willing to do everything. He was a late bloomer coming out of high school and he only had a couple offers uh, because he didn't really start getting noticed by scouts until like the end of his junior year. um And so he got that offer from North Dakota State and went with it. Uh, I, I think he's a, a perfect perfect fit i believe he's also a senior bowl guy was a team captain this is like this guy is how i equate michael Pittman jr in his draft two years ago is this guy is a checks all of the boxes for uh for chris ballard i, I want to say that his razz is also way up there in terms of eth- his 10. athletic 10. profile
1: yeah
0: 10.0 yeah exactly he's, he's a freak athlete he's just quick as can be, he's fast, he scores touchdowns. So I'm, I would, if it were me picking, it would be Christian Watson and it wouldn't even really be that close for me.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Christian Watson there. I feel like it'd really be between for me, George Pickens or Christian Watson. I think George Pickens is a very high ceiling, but I also think Christian Watson does as well in the right system, which this could be an indie for him, pairing him opposite Michael Pittman Jr. And I think an idea that I'm really liking more and more as I think about it, is re-signing a guy like T.Y. Hilton on a one-year, like 4 or $5 million contract. You draft Christian Watson at 42, and you can also slow develop Christian Watson a little bit if you need to early on in the season, if you bring back a guy like T.Y. Hilton, Steve, because Christian Watson is still a little bit raw. He has his freakish traits, but he might be a guy that you put too much expectations on him early. He might be a little bit disappointed there. So if you re-sign a guy like T.Y. Hilton, you can ease Christian Watson into the system, He can really start breaking out middle of the season.
0: Exactly, I, and I don't think that, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think they're going to re TY again. Um, but I, I think that Christian Watson would be a great guy to, if they brought in a veteran wide receiver from somewhere. Um, he'd be a really good guy that it would be a willing learner from that receiver. And he's not going to sit there and be like, oh, I was a second round pick. You know, I'm not going to listen to you. This guy is is going to soak it all up. But he's He'd be a
1: perfect teammate. Christian Watson, I think we're both in agreement here, Steve. We're going to lock in Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. He is a Blue Star prospect, like Stephen mentioned, senior bowl, elite athletic traits, uh, very high leadership skills in North Dakota State as well. He checks all the boxes for the Colts, and he's a willing run blocker, too. He's a perfect fit, I think, opposite Pittman in this offense. So we're going to lock in Christian Watson at number 42 overall. And we're at number 73 now, Stephen, the the Washington Commander's third-round pick. And there's some intriguing options on the board. Now that we addressed wide receiver, Stephen, are you leaning towards probably left tackle or tight end here?
0: Probably left tackle or tight end. If we're using the draft net report, then we're probably leaning more towards tight end because most of the top left tackles are, are usually off the board at this point. Um, But
1: I want to hear what, what we've got available. So it looks like here at number 73 overall, we're going to go to left tackle first, and here are the options available. Nicholas Petit Ferrer of Ohio State, the Colts were at Ohio State's pro day, by the way, so there could be some interest there. Same for Abraham Lucas of Washington State. He is on the board there. They were at his pro day as well. And then Rasheed Walker of Penn State. Those are the top left tackles available on the board here at 73. And then going to tight end, all the top tight ends are still available pretty much. Um, Just one guy was taken. Trey McBride is still available. Cade Otten, Jeremy Ruckert, Greg Dulcich, Jelani Woods, Jake Ferguson. All these tight ends are all still available. And then you look at corner real quick. Alante um, Taylor of Tennessee and Marcus Jones of Houston uh, top of the list there. Wow. It's uh, broke real well
0: for them. Um, yeah, I quite honestly, I lean more towards Nicholas petit Frere. They're the left tackle position. Uh, he's from Ohio State. He's a big, big dude, 6'5", 316, uh, good mover, um, played real well at Ohio State, left tackle. So that's it's an interesting that, that he's still available. The other guy that I would consider at that, that point is Trey McBride. I think that he's a natural F tight end, um, which is the, the tight end that lines up not in line a lot. He lines up more in the slot or out wide. So, I think one of those two guys would be my pick right here.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. I mean, it's kind of a coin flip between what the Colts would do in this scenario. Do you like Petit Ferrer enough where you can put him behind Pryor? Maybe he takes over midseason or in 2022, 23, where he could be the guy moving forward after this next season. Or do you go in the direction of a Trey McBride where? He could really step in day one and be that tight end for you that, he, that chris Fowler has mentioned multiple times this offseason. they're looking for a vertical threat at tight end mcbride gives you that very sure hands He's a senior bowl two-time team captain as well he definitely checks the blue star stuff that the colts love there same for Petit ferrer not as much as far as like the captain stuff i don't believe but he, i believe he was a senior bowl guy and he is athletic as well so i mean to me steven i mean with the way it's fallen i kind of am, am confident enough in Matt prior, and maybe you could also squeeze out this market at left tackle where just like last year you could wait and sign Eric Fisher after the draft or Dwayne Brown where if you feel confident enough and the guy that you like a tight end is there for you at 73 the, the need to add weapons around Matt Ryan I think is bigger than the potential stopgap options at left tackle so I'm gonna go I, 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 I would go with Trey I, uh,
0: Yeah I was gonna say like just thinking about it, I was like looking at where you're at in terms of the draft and, and what's still available at the left tackle position versus in terms of the drafting and for agency versus what you've got at tight end, I think I think you're right. I think I would lean more towards McBride.
1: So let's lock it in. Then Trey McBride, tight end, Mackey Award winner this past year, put up monster numbers the last couple of seasons at Colorado State. He is now the Colts starting tight end at number 73 overall, a pair of Mo Alley-Cox. That is the end of day two, Steve. Before we dive into day three. Just real quick takeaways, hypothetically speaking, of course, if this draft were to fall this way, which honestly seems very realistic that it could happen. I think Christian Watson could be there at 42 and Sanford McBride at 73. I think if it falls down this way, you kind of address exactly what you need to do around Matt Ryan. You give him two day one weapons that'll immediately to contribute to the offense.
0: Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty pumped if I were the Colt, if I were Frank Wright and, and Matt Ryan, um, I'd be pretty pumped in this situation. Watson is a, is a game breaker there and plays outside. He's played outside at North Dakota state and has played, played really well also at the senior bowl. Um, so it's not just a, Hey, he crushed division two competition or, you know, the championship series or whatever it's called down there. I think it's the, the bowl championship series, um, whatever it is, um, championship division, but he, uh, went to the senior bowl played really well there as well. So, it's not just a flash in the pan. He did well against lower competition. It's a consistent thing. Trey McBride is, I, I was really surprised that that he was there um, in, in that position. Uh, I thought we were probably looking more towards like an Isaiah likely or Jeremy Rucker there um, at, at 73. So I was really excited that Trey
1: McBride was, was there for us. Looking now ahead to day three before we dive into our next picks, rounding out this episode, Stephen. With the weapons addressed now at wide receiver and tight end, do you feel like now at this point on day three the Colts can just kind of add depth in the interior and maybe really focus on maybe defensive back? Maybe it might be the strong focus there. If they don't add like a Tyree Matthew, it feels like safety and corner might be the top needs here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at the offensive line and then you know maybe look at some defensive tackles that potentially fit better in in Gus Bradley's system, Um, but. Yeah, I would would also look at
1: the the safety position and then look for those longer corners, which is something that that they need in this system. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to get healthier and definitely they have provided that. Whether whether it be any time you want to do something on a short-term or a long-term plan, Athletic Greens give you so many great options. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and anti-adaptions. To help you start your day right, the special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Like personalizing everything about what it is healthy for you, like as far as being a paleo, vegan, or daily free, uh, contains one, le- one gram of sugar or less, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements for yourself. You're investing in -in all-in-one nutritional insurance. And what the great thing is with Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day and knew there was something better out there to try it. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on his own. And Op- Athletic Greens is also a climate neutral certified company. In 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects per- protecting old growth rainforests. Every purchase they make, we donate to organizations, and also as well, Athletic Greens has donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. Athletic Greens is by far the best way to get healthy. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs for the first purchase. I got a package myself of Athletic Greens. I've been using it every single day and it truly is life-changing. It'll get you on the right track to getting as healthy as possible. Again, use a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's go ahead and simulate now. We're off the board at 73, just locked in Trey McBride, so we are simulating down to 122 overall at this point. Again, the Colts have hypothetically in mock draft 1.0 here Locked on Lockdown Colts. Christian Watson wide receiver North Dakota State and Trey McBride tight end of Colorado State, two instant day one starters here. And now we're back on the board here at 122 overall, Steven. And it looks like here, let's go to left tackle first, see what's available for us here. Matt Waletsko of North Dakota, Braxton Jones of Southern Utah, Max Mitchell of Louisiana, and Zach Tom of Wake Forest top the board there, left tackle. At cornerback, there's a couple guys here: Josh Joby of Alabama, Kobe Bryant of Cincinnati. They top the list there. And then at safety, Dean Belton of Iowa. And then you have as well Brian Cook, JT Woods of Baylor, and in Sterling Weatherford of Miami Ohio. Is there any other uh, positions there you want to look at outside of those? Not really. Okay. <laughs> like, so where would you where would just? You- just- safety and yeah uh let's see um who is still available at safety uh, it looks like here according to the, the draft network sport their top safeties available are dane belton of iowa sterling weatherford of miami ohio brian cook of cincinnati and jt woods of baylor
0: yeah so i i'm looking at this and i'm going all right so i kind of like josh Joby, the corner out of alabama just because he's uh, pretty decent. Um, he's he's played the outside in Alabama, which you know it's it's tough there in the SEC. Um, he can be a little grabby, so that that's a little bit of a concern. But he's pretty good. Um, and press man, which is what you're going to start seeing in Gus Bradley's defense, is that cover three is more of a not a press man, but like a, a press coverage right there, press drop. Um, although I will say that having Matt Walensko, the offensive of from North Dakota state is intriguing because I believe he also has a pretty high RAS score.
1: Yes. And it's around, his RAS is around like a nine, like nine, four, I believe he had a, um, yeah. he checks all the box compared to last year, as far as like arm length and elite athlete for a developmental tackle.
0: And that's, that's kind of where I was like, Oh man, this is, this one might be a little bit tougher because you also look at, you know the position itself you're at 122 um the other thing to consider um yeah I, i'm pretty much down to to corner or um or offensive tackle
1: here um yeah. that makes the most sense for me i i i think the top two guys for me like i think we're both debating here is go versus Joby. I, I think it's whether you prioritize adding a developmental corner that could play day one for you in, some re- in a smaller role. Joby, like you mentioned, a longer corner. He's been hurt during this process. He got hurt late in the season for Alabama, so he's not able to do his um, testing numbers. So we don't know exactly the athlete he is, but based on tape, he'll like get a legit corner that could fit in Gus Bradley's system. Or you can go in the direction of go where we do know the Colts last year, were trying to move up in the draft for Spencer Brown. That didn't work out. I think there was another guy they wanted to go out in the fifth round that got taken ahead of them as well. So I'm curious. Maybe they try to get a guy last year at left tackle to develop. It didn't work out that way. Maybe they go in the direction of Wallet's go kind of fits that Spencer Brown type mold for an athlete. Where would you lean here, Steven? You had to pick between Joby as far as being a guy can give you upside in down the road a corner, but might not be a day one kind of guy, maybe just like a limited role. Or do you just redshirt a guy like Well Let's Go 122, hoping he's your guy in 2023 long term?
0: I think I redshirt Will Let's Go. Um, to be honest. I think I take I take a, a stab at Will Let's Go and go with it there. Cause like after you once you get off of that, like this is basically where that the cliff drops off for the left tackle position. Is then like Zach Tom's a pretty good athletes, Kellen Deach is a pretty, pretty good athlete, but they're not of the same quality that you're going to find with Let's Go. So I'd rather go with the the more known qual- quantity there with Let's Go at the position of need. And this is this comes to something that we talk about every year. Um, you don't want to focus on need all the time when you draft. You want to always take the best player available. But if you have players that are Really similarly graded, then you take the need, um, and that's kind of where I think we're at right now with, between Well, let's go and Joby. Um, I I tend to lean more towards the left tackle position, um, so that's kind of where I would prefer to go because I also think in this defense, the the cover three defense, you're gonna be you're gonna have an easier time finding a zone corner then you are going to have finding somebody that really fits what you look for in an athlete and fits the measurements that
1: you want in a left tackle. Let's go ahead. Then I'm going to ride your opinion there, Steven. Let's take that while let's go the tackle out of North Dakota. He is a guy that looking as mock draftable, he certainly checks the boxes of a guy that fits a day three flyer. You sit him for one year. He could be your guy. Long-term, to Quentin Nelson, six foot, almost six foot eight, six foot seven and five five eighths, 312 pounds. 98th percentile wingspan 96th percentile arm length over 36 inch arm length and an elite athlete as well a 89th percentile 40 yard dash and a broad jump that was over the 90th percentile as well so he definitely fits all the aspects there of what the colts could go for in a day three tackle so let's go ahead and, and lock in here steven matt wall let's go tackle of north dakota and we're back on the board here round five 159 overall we've addressed really all the offense needs so far. And in succession, Christian Watson, North Dakota wide receiver, Trey McBride, tight end at of Colorado State. And now Matt go as a potential long-term play at tackle for the Annapolis Colts from North Dakota. Now it feels like to me, Steve, we can kind of focus away from offense, go to defense here, whether it be safety, corner, defensive line, whether it be interior or edge rush, kind of feels like whatever you want to do here at defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's pretty open now. Um, I'd probably look to corner um, to fill that role. I, I uh, corner or safety is likely the position that I I go at right now, unless there's some very highly regarded defensive tackle or edge rusher that still happens to be on the board. To and I, I can't
1: see the board, so this is all me blind flying blind right here. Let's go real quick before we dive into that because I'm just curious about how he's going to fit in Gus Bradley's system. And he definitely flashed a lot of intriguing traits last season. Stephen, how high are you on Isaiah Rogers entering into his third season? Because I'm kind of really intrigued now to see Isaiah Rogers play more man, play more aggressive defense. They kind of chose him over Rocky Sin when they traded away Sin for Yonk and Gakway. I think they believe in Isaiah Rogers' ball skills and his elite athleticism to translate and be a long-term starter at corner. How do you feel about Isaiah Rodgers here? Because he did flash enough to me last season where he feels like a long-term play at corner that really could ascend the upcoming season.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to get the opportunity to play um, and, earn that number two spot. So I think he's, like I said, I think that he's got an opportunity, but I do think that they need depth here. Uh, I think that because of his aggressiveness and his ball skills that he's going to get the chance to to win that number two job. Then maybe even the number one, who knows at this point, because they don't really have a number one on the roster either. So um, outside of Kenny Moore, because Kenny Moore is the number one. But in terms of outside corner, you don't really have that. So I think that he's going to get that opportunity.
1: Now we're back on the board here, Stephen, at 159 overall. We just simmed through to 159. And it looks like here at the top of the board, for – our positions just going through defense. The top guy available on TDN's board is Otito Agbanaya, the interior defensive lineman of UCLA. He'd kind of be your backup to Grover Stewart, play those snaps. You. Taylor Stallworth, he's not a free agent, kind of fills that role. Maybe a high upside play there. He fits the length and athleticism traits for the Colts as well. But then you go over to corner and safety. Corner, the top corners available are Monteric Brown of Arkansas, Jack Jones of Arizona State, and Josh Thompson of Texas. And then over at safety, we have JT Woods of Baylor, who's top rated safety and one of the best players available still on the board. And then Reed Blankenship of Middle Tennessee. So where would you go there? And then the edge rusher as well, we can go over that real quick. Dominique Robinson of Miami, Ohio, Cade uh, Hall of San Jose State and Jeffrey Gunter of Coastal Carolina. Where would you rank those guys?
0: Uh, I'd probably look at Monteric Brown, that corner out of Arkansas. Um, he's a longer corner. Um, he's again, he's he's out of Arkansas. He's played uh, played a lot of football there in the SEC. Played against some great wide receivers um, there against Alabama and LSU over the years. Um, he's more of a, a zone corner, um, which, but he can he can play man from time to time. So. I think that he'd probably be a pretty good fit there in this system Um, because, again, it's going to be interesting because we're going to get a a good feel of how Chris Ballard and Gus Bradley work together in terms of building his system because for the past four years, five years, Chris Ballard has drafted for the cover two. And so this is going to be the first time that he's drafted for a cover three, um, more of a hybrid system. And so I think Monteric Brown gives them some versatility. Um, I do like the idea of uh, JT Woods, the safety out of Baylor. Um, He's big, he's physical. Um, I I think that he's a a solid, solid ball player there um, at Baylor. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go after someone like that.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, amongst these guys, I would go with JT Woods to top my board because just looking at his athletic profile, certainly checks what Chris Bauer looks for there. And He was a senior bull guy. I believe he was a team captain in Baylor as well. But looking at his measurables on mock draftable, his spider web, the only thing that he's bad at is his weight and his hand size. But everything else, vertical jump, 40-yard dash, broad jump, all above 90th percentile, 6'2 for a safety's great size as well, around 200 pounds. So you could definitely thought a little bit. But we know Gus Bradley loves playing three safeties. If they don't sign a Tyron Matthew type, they legitimately need to add a potential day one guy that contributes at safety as a third safety for depth purposes behind Julian Black.
0: JT Wood also has a 9.88 RAS score. So he's one of those elite athletes too.
1: Yeah, that, that kind of feels like the safe pick to me. Monterey Brown, like you mentioned, is a good zone corner. But it feels like to me with JT Wood's he could also be the guy after next season, Curry or Curry Wilson entering into the final universe contract. So if they feel like JT Woods might be a long-term replacement to Curry Willis, they did it with Marlon Mack. They drafted Jonathan Taylor a year ahead of time. So I would not be surprised by that. They believe maybe JT Woods is a better long-term fit next to Julian Blackman.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just now I'm trying to pop through. You might hear clicking in the background. It's because I'm trying to pop up RAS scores for different guys. Monteric Brown's only 4.2. So I, I know that Chris Ballard, over the years, it's come readily apparent that he values the athletic profiles. And uh, the relative athletic score RAS is RAS uh, is what we refer to a lot, but it's a very good metric put down by Kenley Platt that basically is able to quantify the athleticism of, of players and makes it easily, easily apparent of, of who's really good athletes in terms of football versus who isn't and so typically you've seen Chris Ballard draft guys that are more athletic um, as compared to Ryan Gregson who drafted players who were not athletic Um, and so again it was a little bit harder to pin down what the previous regime was going to do it's a little bit easier to figure out what Chris Ballard's going to do so I I, I agree with you JT Woods is probably going to be the pick here
1: Let's go ahead then and lock in JT Wood's safety out of Baylor with the Colts fourth pick, fifth round, 159 overall. So the Colts first four picks now, Christian Watson, wide receiver, Trey McBride at tight end, and Matt Woletsko at left tackle, and then JT Woods at safety. Really all four of the Colts' biggest needs have been checked off here. Could really be awesome long-term plays as well for the Colts, but let's move on now, Stephen, to 179, the last pick in the fifth round. The fifth round compact they got for Danico Autry. Looking at the board here now, we added a safety. Do you go back to to the defensive back room here at corner, or do you maybe go to defensive line, or where, where else would you be looking here at one seventy nine?
0: I mean, at this point, like I'll look at corner um, just to see what's there, uh, but I'm probably looking, seeing what the best player available is right now, whether it's interior offensive line, whether it's linebacker, whether it's wide receiver. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of looking all over the place at this point. Um, so that's one where it makes it a little bit a little bit more difficult to like give you a straight-up answer on where I think they're going
1: to go. For sure, for sure. Yeah, looking through the board here, interestingly enough, on the Draft Networks board, the top player available is a punter, Matt Ariza, 100 overall. So that just goes to show he might be a freak athlete, a punter for some reason. But looking through the board here outside of that, Josh Thompson, cornerback of Texas, is one of the best players available. Uh, he is a six-foot. Uh, Six-foot corner, 190 pounds. Uh, looking at his mock draftable page right now, he is a little bit athletic, but he's not like a freak athlete as far as like the Chris Bauer types go. So that, that might be something to keep an eye on there. Uh, there's also some wide receivers available as well if you want to maybe double-dip at wide receiver, Stephen. Romeo Dobbs in Nevada, Justin Ross of Clemson are the top two guys available there at wide receiver. And then you can go back over look, and check out interior defensive line uh, Thomas Booker out of Stanford is top player available at the interior defensive line. And then Edge Rusher, looks like here Cade Hall and Jeffrey Gunter top the list there at Edge Rusher. It feels like they got uh, the most intriguing guys to me, at least on this list. I mean, it might be um, looking here. It looks like Chris Paul as well out of Tulsa is available as an interior offensive line depth. So that could be a guy to watch out for. I, I think the guys that stand out the most to me here, Steven. It might be double dipping a wide receiver, like with Romeo Dobbs or Justin Ross. If you truly want to go like best player available and take an upside swing late in the draft, those guys can make some sense there. Or do you go in the direction of like adding like a Chris Paul for offensive line depth or maybe adding another defensive back here? Really, like you mentioned, all options are open.
0: Yeah, I was hoping somebody like Bo Melton was going to still be available there at the wide receiver position because he's a sneaky guy that I think will could could fall um, in there uh quite honestly i i think that they're going to double dip the wide receiver position and they're going to do it early um in the draft just kind of period um so i fully on board going to somebody like a romeo dobbs or they're out of wide receiver out of nevada i think that he would be a really good fit justin ross is a little concerning because he had that neck injury um he also you know isn't it very fast he's probably just going to be mainly like a he's one of those guys that reminds me a lot like of jasmine patman in that it's more of a big guy that can move a little bit but it's more of a jump ball receiver um and to, when in terms of coming out because uh, patman was a guy that i even mentioned probably on here where i said hey he might be somebody that they maybe look to make that transition to an f tight end because they didn't have that on the roster. They, they still don't unless they go with our draft here and take Trey McBride. Um, So I worry about Justin Ross uh, in terms of where he play Romeo Dobbs. I think he's got the athleticism to be able to play pretty much anywhere on this, on this offense um, in terms of the wide receiver position. So I, I would almost prefer to double dip to be, to be totally honest or,
1: Potentially go with uh, interior offensive lineman. You said Kate Mays was still available from Tennessee. Yes, and Chris Paul from Tulsa. I'm with you honestly on like going with the Dobbs here because like like we talked about the last pick with JT Woods, like Paris Campbell is a free agent for the season. If they don't believe Paris Campbell's the guy, if he gets injured again next season, I doubt he gets re-signed. So it opens up a roster spot long term there. And if you draft Dobbs, it just brings more competition to the bottom of the roster where you'd have three guys competing probably for one spot between Dobbs, Michael Strawn, and Desmond Patman, and you kind of truly find out who's a long-term piece, whoever wins that competition there, Steven. Yeah. So let's go ahead and lock in Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver out of Nevada. Colts double dip now, wide receiver, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, both guys that are six foot two, uh, good athletes as well. Definitely check the Chris Ballard box, both for the senior bowl as well. We're back on the board here, Stephen, at 216 overall. The Colts have drafted two wide receivers. They've also added a safety, a left tackle, a tight end. Um, again, this is more so in the, in the late in the draft where we see like the Michael Strawns, the Desmond Patmans, more so guys where I think we see now a like good track record, Stephen, that when we get to this point of the draft in the sixth or seventh round, it's mostly just you draft the freakiest athletes possible. That's what, that's what Chris Bowers has been doing. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. It's,
0: it's you you go and find the freakiest athletes and you go with them, and that's what. And you see if they fit.
1: So let's go ahead and try to find those then, because we just drafted a wide receiver with Dobbs, so that we're not going to triple dip here with wide receiver. But looking through here at cornerback, uh, Matt Hankins of Iowa, Demarion Williams of Houston, and Jermaine Waller out of Virginia Tech top of the list there at cornerback. Uh, interior offensive line: Brock Hoffman out of Virginia Tech, uh, Nick Ford out of Utah, and Ben Brown out of Ole Miss top of the list there as well. And then looking through here, um, let's see edge rusher as well. Uh, Jeffrey Gunter out of Coastal Carolina, he checks. I think he might be the most realistic option here, Stephen. I was going to say Gunter's probably going to be the guy. Yeah, freaky athlete. I think his is above nine. A team captain of Coastal Carolina. Good production as well. A senior bowl player as well. Kind of fits the boxes here as a, as a strong side edge rusher. If Tyquan Lewis doesn't work out next year, he, uh, Gunter kind of fills that role long term.
0: Yeah, that's where I would I would lean in. He's got a RAS score of 9.73. Um, so that's that's really high. And um he's he fits the athletic profile and uh the the height weight that they really look for. So I, I think that he'd be a really good fit there for them.
1: Yeah, we know the Colts love adding to the trenches in the draft too. So we I for sure I imagine they'll take a defensive lineman in this draft, and they get a good one, I think, here in Jeffrey Gunter. So let's lock in at 216 overall. Jeffrey Gunter, edge rusher out of Coastal Carolina. And the Colts are back up for what I believe is their last pick of the draft, Stephen, at round 7, 240 overall. Again, really just kept trying to find the elite athletes, throw a dart at the board. Hopefully it sticks like a Michael Strawn type of situation here. And looking through the board here, I mean, we can check it out. Um, Edge rusher, interior defensive line. Um, Looking through the board for interior defensive line, uh, the top guys are Neil Farrell um, out of LSU, Eric Johnson out of Missouri State. PJ Mustafer out of Penn State are the top guys for interior defensive line and In- interior offensive line. Stuart Reese out of Florida, uh, Xavier Newman Johnson out of Baylor, and Aaron Frost out of Nevada top the list there. And then at linebacker, we have Merlin Robertson out of Arizona State, Zacoby McLean out of Auburn, and Jeremiah Jemmel out of North Carolina. These guys could all fill the role of Matthew Adams left on special teams. He's still a free agent. I, I don't know if he's going to be resigned either at this point. So I'm kind of leaning in this direction, Stephen, of maybe if we're going like a position like a linebacker to fill that Matthew Adams type role on special teams or we just go find the freakiest athlete on the offensive or defensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and at this point, you just kind of go with it and and see what what you find if you get a good athlete. Like I'm totally fine going with a guy like – like a Neil Farrell Jr. uh defensive lineman out of LSU, and think that he would be a really good fit there. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Um, but I think that he's uh got the I mean he played at LSU, so it's that's one of those where he's got some experience, although his rest, score is really bad.
1: Yeah, look so, at his it, if his
0: free his free he's not a freaky athlete at all. So and, you know, I'm looking at leak like, for the most part, just kind of bouncing around. And that's like, like we mentioned, that's going to be like kind of the final decision maker for a lot of these guys for us is, okay, are these guys crazy athletes? Um, because if they are, that's who we're going to kind of look at. A guy that I actually would want to see if he's available um, on there, it's a corner um, from Sam Houston State, Zion McCollum. If I'm going to take a late-round flyer, it's going to be on a, somebody like that. The guy 6'4", 190, has a RAS score. of It's a perfect 10 RAS score. He's tall and he's fast, and he's got really good ball-hawking skills. So uh, he's a guy that I would probably – take a flyer on if he's available i think he is because draft network sport has him at like
1: 276 which i think is criminally too low for a player like that yeah he is available here steven and you kind of sold me there i mean long athletics six foot four 190 uh like you mentioned he played at the senior bowl he's terrific ball skills and elite athlete i mean he kind of checks all the boxes here we haven't drafted a corner yet in this draft we added a safety i mean Maybe this is in that new Isaiah Rodgers situation where he hit late in the day three on the draft with a guy Zion McCall. He could be a long term piece to your secondary. Yeah,
0: I, I think he'd be a really solid, solid fit. And I, I think the draft network is probably going to start changing their their algorithm and putting him probably closer to like the fifth round because that's where I think that he's probably going to go. A guy with that that kind of measurements, that kind of skill set, um, he's got good tape. So I think that he's a guy that for me, he's one of those sleeper guys that I would really love for the Colts to go and grab on day three. I know that Gus Bradley really likes those longer corners um, that have good ball skills. I mean, remember he, he was out there in Seattle. Um, you know, he, he helped with that. Uh, they had some pretty good secondaries out there. And so I think that that's, I think Zion McCollum, it would be my, my pick for going for, Late round flyer on super athletic guy that's got some some ball skills Some maybe we'll be able to make the team as special teams for sure but as a developmental guy that you want to bet on and quite honestly if you're going to bet in the NFL you want to bet on athletic traits so that's where I would sit.
1: Let's go ahead and lock it in, Stephen. The Colts' last pick of the draft here, at 240 overall in the seventh round. Zion McCollum, a freaky six foot four corner out of Sam Houston State, wasn't a senior bowl. So we're going to lock in Zion McCollum for the Colts' last pick of the draft here. And now let's look at our full board here, Stephen. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be doing more uh, different mock draft websites that include trades moving forward, but just dipping our toes into this. I feel like we kind of know the Chris Bauer type because, I mean, looking through our picks here, Stephen. I believe all these guys had an above-average risk score. I believe all these guys were also senior bowl guys. I think we kind of have Chris Bowers mold <laughs> down hat here, so it's kind of crazy how it worked out that way. But here's all of our picks in succession. Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State at 73. Matt Waletzko, tackle out of North Dakota at 122 overall. J.T. Woods, safety out of Baylor at 159 overall. Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver out of Nevada at 179 overall. Jeffrey Gunter, edge rusher out of Coastal Carolina at 216 overall. And finally, Zion McCollum, cornerback out of Sam Houston State at 240 overall. Like I mentioned, Stephen, all these guys are freaky athletes. They all check the Blue Star criteria. They're all senior bowl guys. I mean, this kind of feels like a home run type of draft where we kind of know who Chris Bauer is at this point. This feels like a very, very realistic Chris Bauer type of draft. I would not be shocked at all if it happened next month.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys might as well lock it in right there. Boom go to go to vegas um gamble responsibly don't don't if you have a gambling problem there's some lines on it um, to to tell you to stop doing it or something to help um, no i think that we've I, I would be ecstatic if this is how it played out being able to get christian Watson, and trey mcbride right there at the top you know you've got some developmental guys in and walensky you've got a really solid safety with woods Um, And then you've got three developmental guys that have really good traits and are very athletic. And again, in the NFL, you want to bet on athletes um, because I mean, if you're fast, you can do a lot more things. So Romeo Dobbs, their wide receiver, Nevada Gunter, that edge from coastal Carolina, I think he'd be a good developmental guy. Um, And then Zion McCollum I think is criminally underrated in the draft networks board. I think that he's going to be shot up to the fifth round. Um, And I think that he's, he's going to be a guy that's a sleeper one that yeah, i'm quite honestly, i really do think that he might be a good the coolest look at
1: um in that fifth six round range closing it out here steven just looking through our picks one more time and just seeing how it all shaped out the way that we hoped it would just based off what we know about chris bauer and his drafting strategy I mean, looking at everything put together, it seems like we kind of filled all the Colts needs in the draft. I know a lot of Colts are kind of worried about having to rely on the draft so much, but looking at this draft class even more, Stephen, this is a very good draft, again, for what the Colts need as far as adding a weapon or two at tight end and wide receiver on day two. You can add in a, freaky athlete at, on the offensive line to potentially be your left tackle in the future and day two or day three. And there's a lot of guys in the defensive line and defensive backfield and a wide receiver. Whereas a lot of day three guys available too, where it worked out the way we did on this mock draft, Steven. So it, this kind of proves again, how strong this draft class could be where they could all benefit for the Colts, where obviously it will be a younger team again, adding all these young guys, but this is a very strong draft class.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a really strong draft class. And, Uh, they, I want to see Daniel Jeremiah said that the strength of his draft class is from like 15 to 60. And so it's good that the Colts have, have a pick in there. So um, of course it'd be great if they had more, Um, but they've got, they've got a pick in there. So you, you take it. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, you're, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. This little draft we had, and I'm, I'm excited for the draft coming up. I can't, Can't begin to explain that I'm excited for draft season.
1: (laughs) Steven, as always, I really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll probably do this moving forward here uh, every Monday until the draft, uh, through our mock draft Mondays like we did last year with Steven. Steven, appreciate the time tonight. I know we're getting closer to the draft here. If anything else breaks in the meantime, might give you a shout. But now it's time for draft season. I'm kind of looking forward to it.
0: Yep, sounds good.